Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Welcome to the Macca's Run. Great to be back. Thanks to JK. Jordan Canells for filling in last night. It was substantially under the weather. Uh, not feeling uh, superb today, but we just, uh, as the Codger lad used to say, we soldier on. Uh, I don't have Codger. I've got something else. Um, I don't even know what those ones are. But it's great to be back. Great to be speaking to you. Uh, and great to have your company. Hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can, however you're finding us, wherever you're finding us. Uh, the Harcourt's open line is always that. Uh, the Macca's run is here for you to have your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Your move, your Harcourt's for all things real estate. Make sure you speak to Harcourts for all things footy, make sure you speak to me. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. We do it all for Maccas. Grab the one only Big Mac at Maccas today. If you can't call in, please text in zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen on the temper text temper. A mattress like no other. Eric Hipwood's tribunal case is uh, going on as we speak. We'll update you on proceedings uh, from that before we get into what else is making news today. So Eric Hipwood has pled not guilty. Uh, to both uh, charges or potential charges. Um, He has pled not guilty to intentional or careless contact with the umpire and the incident that occurred was referred straight to the tribunal um, by the MRO. Um, Ryan Gardner and he becoming entangled. Ryan Gardner hitting the deck and hitting the umpire. The umpire hitting the deck as well. Eric Hipwood going on to take the mark and kick the goal as they were both sprinting towards the Lions goal. So just at this stage, uh, Eric Hipwood gave his evidence. Um, He said he was looking to get back inside 50 as quickly as he could. He said that Gardner initiated contact, which there is behind the goal vision to show that. He said he braced, pushed Gardner away, and then Gardner collided with the umpire and falls over. He said he wasn't aware of umpire Mollison until Gardner and Mollison began to fall. Um, He said that he could see Zach Bailey uh, oh, no. Then he was asked if he intentionally pushed Gardner into the umpire. He said, no, not at all. I would never do that. He said he could see Zach Bailey. He couldn't see the umpire. It was between himself uh, and Bailey. Uh, he said, I run this pattern anywhere between 10 to 15 times through the game. The umpire is rarely in this position. If ever, I'd never get near the umpires at all, is what Eric Hipwood has said during his evidence. He said his eyes were on Zach Bailey, the ball, Charlie Cameron, and he uh, reiterated that. It was Gardner who initiated the contact, which makes his eyes turn to him as well. He said it's possible that at the time he saw Bailey, he was not in line with the umpire. Nick Payne, acting for the AFL, says there are three key questions. Did Hipwood cause contact to be made with the umpire? If so, was his contact was his conduct intentional or careless? And finally, what is the appropriate sanction if the above are found to be true? Um, well, I can answer that for you right now. 
Did he cause contact to be made with the umpire? No, because he didn't initiate the contact and he's got every right to be able to push off an opponent who is trying to body out him. Uh, so then you could have scrapped the rest. Um, the AFL argued that Eric Kipwood intentionally pushed Gardner into the umpire and the AFL, by the way, are looking for a two-match ban. Uh the tribunal, they said that if the tribunal find Hipwood's conduct was careless rather than intentional, the AFL would request a one-match ban. So they're asking for two weeks for intentional and one week for careless. Eric Hipwood has pled not guilty to both of those. Um, Nick Payne has said Hipwood's actions in his submission are unacceptable when, can, when one considers the vulnerability of umpires. Um, and Adrian Anderson, who's acting for Eric Hipwood in the Brisbane Lions, said it was almost inevitable, given what the opponent did, that there would be contact with the umpire. Um, so Adrian Anderson uh, has gone on to say that it, uh, his position, his opposition player has done something against the laws of the game. It's an illegal block. So this is a great defence. They've actually brought in the fact that they believe that Ryan Gardner has committed an illegal act, which is an illegal block um, so far off the ball. He said Hipwood in the time available to him either pushes him or cannons into him. With the umpire so close, contact was almost inevitable. Um, Adrian Anderson has said, using examples of umpire contact at stoppages and saying the umpire positioning was there, uh, there was far more predictable than it was in play in the case of Hipwood. So that case goes on, uh, but at the moment, the AFL looking for a week for careless, two weeks if it's intentional, and Eric Hipwood has pled not guilty for both of those. Uh, Lindsay uh, is in Somerville uh, and wants to have his say. G'day, Lindsay. Hey, Sam. Um, no, I can't comment on Hipwood because I'm his jumper sponsor. <laughs> so, oh, right. I'm sorry. I thought, you were, I thought you were ringing. It did say initially that you were ringing to talk Eric Hipwood. What were you here to speak about, Lindsay? Fire away. The floor is yours. Thanks, mate. I'm going to have another go. I had a go at Dwayne today to try to get him to understand, but he just couldn't comprehend. And so I'll, um, I'll appeal to your superior intelligence, Sam. Oh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> you might, be, you might <laughs> be barking up the wrong tree there. The pipe's <laughs> been doing this a lot longer. Uh, he played the game. He's been commentating for a very, very long time. There isn't much in footy that he hasn't seen. Um, so you might not okay. get what you need here. Okay, let me have a go. So I'm a Brisbane supporter. I've got a lot of friends in Brisbane that follow Brisbane. Right. And they are filthy that they don't get to go to the football every second week. There's no reason why they can't go to the football every second week. They had a block where they played five matches away in seven weeks. Mm. Now, now Wayne, uh, Dwayne was arguing that, Oh, you complain about when you play Melbourne. No, I'm not talking about who we play. The fixture is fixed. We, we play a certain amount of... We play 11 at home, 11 away, and we play a certain amount of teams twice. That I'm not arguing about. I'm arguing about when we play them. And I don't understand why us and other interstate clubs, one game home, one away, so that you get into a rhythm and it keeps the people's interest up. Friends of mine are saying, I'm sick of this. I've been, I haven't been able to go to the footy for five weeks. And it's just ridiculous. I don't understand why it has to be like that. Well, I think it's an Victorian club. I think it's a great point. Um, I think it's a great point that you raise, Lindsay. Um, For mine, in the areas that you're trying to grow the game in the non-traditional states, I just don't think you can afford to not have at least one game of footy in southeast Queensland every week. So you've got to have. One week, it's got to be Brisbane, and then the next week, it's the Sun. So you've just got to be able to provide football every single weekend in southeast Queensland and also in Sydney. So I agree with you that there shouldn't be a case where Brisbane are on the road for two weeks in a row. Um, now, in that case, I'd have to have a look at whether the Suns played two home games in that time. But really, they're two different teams. One's in Brisbane, one's on the Gold Coast. 
I agree with you. They should be there at least every second week. Now, you do have two home games in a row to make up for that, though. You've got Essendon at the Gabba this week, which makes up for one of those. It's happened twice to you this year, uh, and I don't think you get the make good on the second go. I'm just uh, having a double check here. So you're away from home uh, for two weeks in a row versus the Suns, which isn't that far to go, and then for Sydney as well. And then you had uh, two weeks where you had Adelaide and then Hawthorne, uh, so you're away from home for, for two weeks in a row there. So you get the square up once, but you don't get it the second time. Yeah, but it's it's not the point, mate. The, um, another point is that we've been to every state in Australia, apart from Northern Territory. We played against Melbourne. They've, they've travelled, what, twice or something? Well, maybe three times. Um, that's another point. But the, the point is that supporters want continuity. They want to be able to go to the footy every second week. And... I know they make up for it because obviously we play 11 games at home. They have to make up for it. But there's no reason for these stupid blocks. I mean, it's pretty tough when you're going to Tassie and West Australia and Sydney and South Australia, all over the shop. At least they could do is give us a rest and let us go every second week. You did have a but tough draw. Anyway. You, did have, you did have a tra- Here's what I would say to you, Lindsay. I understand that in if you're taking just a year as it is, So you're taking this year and you're saying, geez, we've had to be on the road a fair bit. Totally understand that. In an ideal world, you'd be at home every second week and then you'd travel every second week. But during COVID, you did have a really good run at home because of the way that the world worked in that period of time as well. So um, I hear you. I think you made a valid point that, yes, in those states, in, in, in Queensland and New South Wales especially, I think you should be home every second week. Um, but if we're looking at the bigger picture, taking a step back, you've had a lot of games at home due to the events of COVID, and Queensland were fantastic in what they did to help the game, uh, especially in the first year of COVID-affected uh, seasons that we'd had. They did a fantastic job in making sure that the season uh, was played out. Uh, it's not an easy thing, the fixturing and the scheduling. Um, some stuff is done really well, some stuff not so, but I can understand the frustration in uh, not having your team, especially in those growth states, um, where they have to, they're not the biggest game in town. You need to make sure that you're, you're top of mind and you've got a, a consistent presence. Um, but I think there's a bit of give and take. But I, I appreciate you ringing up to make the point. Um, Jack's in Adelaide. G'day, Jack. Come on, system. Don't. Oh, goodness me. Uh, here we go. Jack, fire away. Sorry, mate. Just uh, the old, the old system here. I might not have uh, wound up the the crankshaft um, enough. Far away. <laughs> no stress, Dan. I just uh, tuned in. So just recap what your view on the Hipwood thing is for me quickly, if you don't mind. So I've had a look at the uh, the, the vision that Luke Hodge has shown. I was in two minds about it initially, but the, because the first angle that we see during play didn't look great. But Ryan Gardner initiates the contact. Eric Hipwood just pushes him off as he's looking to block Eric Hipwood. So Ryan Gardner just comes off second best. Um, so he's contributed to the fact that the ump- that he's flown into the umpire. So I think this should get thrown out. Um, at most, it's a fine. Yeah, interesting. I think, um, look, I put my cards out there. I'm an umpire myself. Um, yep. and I'm not kind of going into bat for the umpire, but I think, as you said, Gardner uh, tries to block Hipwood's run towards. And you've got to remember, the ball is going in the vicinity of where Hipwood is, is running towards as well. And the 50 is pretty much open except for a player who's running in the opposite direction back to goal. But saying all that, the umpire is in Hipwood's view at all times. He would have known he was in that area. 
So it's in, it's impossible to read the mind of Hipwood. So it can't be found intentional. If it is, that sets a dangerous precedent where you're saying you can read the mind of a player, which is impossible. But the fact that he knows the umpire is in that vicinity, I know it's a football act, but in my view, the point that he knows the umpire is within that area, um, he shouldn't be laying a block or a push in that particular situation, in my particular view. Um, so I'd say it's a careless bill, but that's just my view. So, but in, with your logic then, should Ryan Gardner be suspended? Because he's the one that's initiated contact so close to the umpire. Hipwood saying that his eyes are on the player with the ball. It was Zach Bailey. He looks at two places. He says he, he this is his role, to get up and come back. So he looks at Bailey with the ball to time his run. He looks at Charlie Cameron on where he's leading. And then he makes his move inside going towards forward 50. So by your yeah. logic, and, and I'm not dismissing you, because I, I, I'm a big, I'm very pro umpire. Uh, if you listen to the show, I'm sure that comes through a lot. So, yep, everyone's got a duty of care to each other out there. So then why is Ryan Gardner yep. not up at the tribunal? Because he's the one that initiates so, yeah. the contact, trying to put on what Adrian Anderson said is actually an illegal block because it's so far off the ball. So if you look at that video from the side on, there's a clear probably metre or two in between, I'd say, where Gardner is running to where the umpire ends up. And the only reason that Gardner is directed off his line is due to the push by Hipwood, in my view, anyway. So if if Hipwood ran directly towards goals and didn't alter then to push Gardner away, he doesn't they would alter have though. the umpire. He doesn't alter. It's but Ryan Gardner he, who who initiate. He changes his line to try and body Eric Hipwood. Now does Eric Hipwood have to then allow because so with what you're saying with the duty of care. So should Eric Hipwood have allowed himself to be knocked over? Should he? In your view, the behind the goal vision, yep. in your view, does Hipwood change his line? Because it seems to me very clear that he's running almost on a 45 yep. and then sees Gardner come across to block him and then alters his 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 line by probably about uh, a metre towards the centre of the goals. So, but the, again, that, that's my same question to you. Ryan Gardner goes to bump him and he pushes Gardner off. So should he not have done that, should he? Should he have just allowed himself to be pushed over? Uh, where So in my view, he has the choice of either running away from Gardner, so running towards the, the right, but he chooses to come back in. And I know that Gardner comes towards him. So Hipwood's choice there is to either keep running further away from Gardner or go back into Gardner. And he chooses in the vision from behind the goals to go back into Gardner, whereas he could have kept running away from Gardner. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm just having a look at it. I'm, I'm not sure we're seeing the same thing. Um, I think he holds his line. I think he's Toto here. I think he's listened to the words of Toto, hold the line. I think he holds his line. It's Gardner that deviates. And the umpire actually comes across both of them. Um, so yeah, I think... Fair. And these that's are... These are so the umpire doesn't see that. It's not the umpire's there. fault because the umpire doesn't know that they're coming from behind. Um, no. So that's not the umpire's fault. Um, in any way, shape, or form. But um, why yeah. do you think Hipwood extends the arms? That's my issue. So when because, Hipwood extends the arms, well, that's what you do if when he you didn't push someone. Extend the arms. Yeah, no. <laughs> but if he doesn't extend the arms, there, do you think Gardner and him missed the umpire? Oh, uh, I don't know. I'm not a 
biometrics expert. Yeah. But I but 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 <laughs> I think he so holds tricky. his line. I think Ryan Gardner comes across him. I'm not looking for Ryan Gardner to be penalised, but I think that if uh, if they're wanting to talk careless and intentional, well, Ryan Gardner intended to body Eric Hipwood. Eric Hipwood then defended himself, so to speak, and just pushed off him, uh, and then that was the result. Um, I, I believe Eric Hipwood when he said that I wouldn't intentionally do that, and my eyes were on the player with the ball, because if you watch it back, that's what he's doing. He looks to the player with the ball, he looks to inside 50, and then... In very quick time, by the way, this all unfolds. He gets a bump. The umpire comes across. Mm. It's a bit of a perfect storm. For me, intentional or careless, I don't think either of those apply. So I think at most, it's a fine. But it's great chatting to you, Aunt Jack. Well, we might have to agree to disagree on this one. And uh, well done to you for being an umpire as well. Which grade do you umpire? 100%. Thank you for your time. Uh, just in the local Adelaide League, Diff 3 and 4 in the Amateur League. So, um, yeah, it's enjoyable, mate. I love it. But, um, yeah... Man. It would be good to this resolution that, you know, it would be good if the umpire and Hipwood came out together and, you know, had a bit of a shake of hands and, you know, admitted that it was all just a misunderstanding. That would be the best thing, I think, but that's not going to happen. I I wouldn't have thought, but yeah. Good on you, Jack. Really appreciate the chat. Thanks so much. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Andy, on the road, we'll get to you on the other side of this. Off the text, uh, you've lost the plot. If you're going to report every player who blocks an opponent's run, there'll be no games this week. Smitty and Altona. Smitty, I didn't say that he should be reported. What I'm saying is that that's an elite, that is an illegal block off the ball, and that has what's caused... Eric, that's what Ryan Gardner's action of blocking off the ball contributed to him being pushed over, and that was what took out the umpire. So I'm not saying he should be reported. What I'm saying is that that, as Adrian Anderson has said, should be factored in to the decision from the tribunal about Eric Hipwood. Uh, but great to get your feedback as well. Back after this on the Macca's Run. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, the jury now deliberating over whether Eric Hipwood is guilty of intentional, careless or accidental contact. They will then decide on the penalty if there is to be any penalty. And we just had a, a great little back and forth chat with Jack, a, a young umpire from uh, from Adelaide who called in. It was great to um, have a uh, just a, little, a nice little debate with him. But you can't please everybody in life, and this is a great text message to prove it. I reckon we had him on for about six minutes. Uh, he could probably invoice us. He just co-hosted the last segment. Very patient for that from that young umpire from Adelaide. Quite dismissive of his views, Sam. That's from Patrick. Patrick, just because I didn't agree didn't mean it was dismissive. We don't all have to agree in the world. Uh, and I'm fairly sure I gave him a long, long time to state his case. I just wasn't convinced, and he wasn't convinced of mine either, and that's absolutely fine. Absolutely fine. If you'd like to give your view on that, Patrick, on the issues that we're talking about, one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number to do so. Or just continue to throw stones. That's uh, whichever way you'd like to go, mate. Uh, completely up to you. But great to have your contribution nonetheless. Andy's on the road. Andy, hello, mate. Hey, mate. I'll probably go halfway uh, in the middle, but I uh, <clears throat> I agree with you. I because the ball was actually switched over from um, the other wing really quickly. Yeah. Eric Hipwood's the actual one that makes the least amount of um, um, movement that, you know, what a normal forward would do. So the umpire was uh, jogging backwards, so he couldn't actually see what was happening. And it was a quick switch, so he wasn't in the right position. And he's jogging his way there. 
Um, and you're right. Gardner actually just makes a, a, a beeline for, for contact. And yeah. you, you can't just you can't not do anything. And Eric Hipwood, from whichever angle you look at, he's heading towards goal. And, look, yes, the umpire, he fell over. No harm, no foul. Um, funny thing was, Eric Hipwood actually ended up with the, the ball. But it's, it's one in a thousand that uh, yeah. you know, you're going to put someone into an umpire... Good as point, a block and then end up with with a goal and a and then uh, yeah a mark and a goal. That, yep. That's never going to happen. It's just it's accidental. Look, it, it's as Danny Daly I think said on um, yeah earlier in the week. It's probably just caused a lot of uh, column centimeters to be written and uh, Danny Daly and the team to work over the weekend and. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, a great point you make, uh, Andy. No, cause, uh, because overall, yeah, look, umpire safety should be absolutely paramount. Um, but this this is just a rare occurrence, an accident that's a, you know, no one's intended for this to happen. Uh, and I think that if Eric Hipwood hadn't have got forward and kicked the goal, as you say, I don't think we'd be looking at this in anywhere near as much detail as we are. Maybe it'd still be put up because they'd want to test this and just make sure. Um, that the, the wrong thing hasn't happened here and, and probably just as a deterrent for players who might look to try and uh, to see this and think, oh, I wonder if I could do that next time. But how often do you find yourself in situations where you could actually execute this and it turns out that you kick the goal at the other end? I don't think we need to jump at shadows at this ease, uh, either. Uh, so it's a very good point that you make, uh, Andy. Uh, Dan's in Bo Morris. G'day, Dan. Yeah, evening. I just wanted to uh, really talk about the Rising Star Award. Like sure. In two, uh, 1993, Buckley. Average disposals, 22.9. 2003, Sam Mitchell. Average disposals, 17.7. 2013, Jager O'Meara. Average disposals, 21.6. And in 2022, after mm. 15 games, Nick Dacos, mm. 26.1 the three disposals, uh, like, let's be honest, do we see, do we see another Judd here? What's going on? This guy's incredible. Uh, yeah, great. Um, I mean, he's having a phenomenal year, Dan. Um, there's no disputing and no arguing with that. Um, I love the fact that Collingwood have started playing him off a halfback flank. I think that's a smart, smart move rather than throwing him to the Wolves in the middle, which I'm sure he could handle. Um, but I think this has been a much smarter ploy. We'll talk about it more after this. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. We know that Jeff Walsh has gone in to forensically look at the football operation at that football club. I think that will be only the beginning of change at the North Melbourne Football Club. We all believe that David Noble won't be coaching the club potentially by the early, before the end of the year, but certainly before next year. I believe the AFL is looking at a full-scale intervention into that football club. That was Carolyn Wilson on a, on a Footy Classified last night on Channel 9. Uh, also believes that no one at North Melbourne is safe and that the AFL uh, is furious at North Melbourne and that they've now become a top priority for Gillan McLaughlin as he eases his way out of the office um, and with the AFL hierarchy as a whole. Um, this has uh, then been followed up today by a Mark Robinson article in the Herald Sun believing that civil war has erupted at North Melbourne with a prominent member of the Shinboners Coterie Club group demanding 
that President Sonia Hood and Chief Executive Ben Amafio resign immediately. So the long-time club benefactor, as he's described in the article, uh, Adrian Kinderis, um, has got involved in an email exchange with Ben Amafio. He's sent a couple of scathing emails uh, to about 50 past uh, and present staff, board members, including Ben Amafio himself, calling for uh, immediate change. Uh, the Herald Sun's got copies of those. You can read them all there, but just some of the points to come out of those from Kinderis's point of view uh, are that those who have appointed Dave Noble should be held accountable. The Kangaroos being 1-14, and um, he says is not acceptable. Uh, he said the CEO and the executive team that installed the current coaching regime have to be held accountable for the current state of the club. So it's the second year for Dave Noble at the helm. He said clearly there are fundamental issues with the performance measurement. He said bringing in Jeff Walsh, by the way, uh, I understand was around at the same time as the previously unsuccessful regime, is a Band-Aid placed over a gaping wound to placate the supporters and those that care. He said, I'm frustrated and quite frankly embarrassed. He says, I pay my money and have done so for many years, too many. He says, I will say that, I'll say what I think and I think it's time for action. Sorry, Ben. This is in the email to Ben Amafio. Um... Sorry, Ben, you got to go and take the club president with you. Anyone that backed this experiment uh, that was called wrong at the time and has been wrong ever since needs to be held accountable. So Ben Amafio responded to that. Um, he spoke through the internal KPI measurements, which uh, showed from his, his point, point of view, view the improvements that the football performance and the club are making. Um, he speaks to the fact that the club made a collective decision a couple of years ago to refresh a list that was among the oldest in the comp in the space of two years. It's now the second youngest team in the AFL and we knew there was going to be pain along the way. And that's what we're experiencing right now. Um, they believe that they've, he said, we have meticulously studied successful rebuilds of the past. And unfortunately there's no quick fix in the meantime. We can assure you that our coaches, high performance staff and the players are doing everything possible to turn the season around. Um, he said the entire footy department staff and players have specific KPIs that align with the teaching, learning and growing mindset that Dave Noble has brought to the club and we're all accountable for those measures. So it goes on in quite some detail. We don't have time to read it all out now, but uh, that email was responded to by Adrian uh, Kinderis, who um, spoke about the fact that he believes he's put hundreds of thousands uh, of dollars in. He said, call this email venting or a piss and moan. But I feel like someone who has contributed to this club over a number of years that we're not heading in the right direction. Um, and he said that uh, I certainly tell uh, people who ask me about being an investor and an entrepreneur um, that the one that has paid the least dividends in satisfaction is the hundreds and thousands he's contributed uh, to the club over the more recent years. And that is the North Melbourne Football Club. Um, so it has me asking you the question, just because somebody pays hundreds of thousands of dollars as, as a contribution to the club or as a sponsor to the club, um, does that buy them the right in your mind to have a say just like Adrian has had his say here? Should that get them any more rights than say you as the, the, the member, the standard member? Uh, you get your vote and you get um, some say. Um, when it comes to whether it be the board or is that the kind of, is that what you think is reasonable from someone who has put in, as he says, hundreds of thousands of dollars? Is he within his rights to fire off an email to 50 past and present staff, including the CEO saying, you've got to stand down. You've been there for, he's been, a mafia has been there since 2019, 2020. Sonia Hood is not even a year in. 
Um, David Noble's in just his second year as coach in this rebuild. So from your point of view, just because you pay um, or donate, whatever you want to call it, hundreds of thousands of dollars, does that entitle you to demand CEO stand down, president stand down, or do you pay that money in good faith as a fan, as a member, as a supporter of the club, because uh, you want to try and do some good at the club? How do you see that? Is that fair and reasonable from that man? Or is that overstepping? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just speaking to North Melbourne, uh, Mitch Cleary spoke to Gary and Tim earlier this morning and gave an update. No doubt there's going to be pressure building on Ben Amafio. Um, the concern around is North Melbourne is um, their head of footy, Dan McPherson, is a, is a first-year head of footy. He's come over from Melbourne. Very good under Alan Richardson last year, but it is his first year in that top seat. Do they have enough strong footy people around? Sonia Hood is not a... You know, a significantly strong footy person per se, like a, um, you know, other presidents you've seen over the years. That's nothing to, to knock on your hood, but it just shows that there's not many strong footy people around. Ben Amafio's background before arriving at North Melbourne is not footy. So, do they need a strong footy person like a, a Peter Jackson, like a Greg Swan when they were appointed? I'm sure that's what the AFL is working through right now because there needs to be changes made at North Melbourne. You, you can't go. 13 losses by an average of, of 63 points consecutively and accept that that's uh, right. And That was Mitch Cleary from Channel 7 with Gary and Tim earlier on this morning. Nathan Buckley spoke about the players. If North, if North Melbourne were able to galvanise their playing group, and this isn't happening, galvanise the playing group, get some fight and some energy, some belief in purpose, which the belief in purpose comes before everything. So Essendon players couldn't have done what they did on the weekend if they didn't believe in an outcome that they were working towards. St Kilda players can't do what they did on the weekend to turn their form around unless they believed in an outcome that was a greater purpose. North Melbourne don't have that, and I'd, and I'd suspect West Coast look like they're, they're understanding that a little bit better, and that's a coaching challenge and it's a leadership challenge. But North Melbourne, to me, they their players and their team don't have a sense of a greater purpose than what they're doing this weekend. Uh, so that was Nathan Buckley. Yeah, one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen is the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Wayne Carey over the weekend believing that Dave Noble can't survive. Um, if you're a North Melbourne fan, I'd like to ask you this question or member. After, along with the one I've already asked you about, just because someone donates uh, a lot of money to the club, does that buy them any extra say on how the club should be run? Are they within their rights to email the club, the CEO, in the way in which uh, that particular Coder Group member did? Um, do you do you want to see another coach get thrown out the door, or do you accept that it was a complete broom taken to North Melbourne, and it's going to take a substantial amount of time? And do you believe that there's any other coach? in the competition right now that could be doing a better job with the list that you have. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. And I'd like to get you to go back through, and I'm more than happy to do this exercise, just go back and have a look at the second year coaching progressions of some of the best coaches in the game. So go and have a look at Clarko's year two. Go and have a look at Damien Hardwick's year two. Just go and have a look at premiership coaches in year two. Now, some go up. But not all of them do. And I think the ones to really have a look at there are the, are, the, are the clubs that really did go through a full, proper rebuild and 
go back to draft and then look to bring in free agents. So go and have a look at the most successful two teams of uh, the last two dynasty teams, which have been Richmond and Hawthorne. Just go and have a look at how they were going in their second year under the coaches that ended up taking to the promised land. I'm not saying Dave Noble is the guy, but what I'm saying is I wonder if it's too early to tell. I really wonder if it's too early to tell. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 Just on the Eric Hipwood uh, case, there's a heap of text coming through in regards to that. The jury uh, are still deliberating. We'll get an update from that uh, as soon as it comes to hand. But just a couple of the differing opinions on whether or not it should or shouldn't be suspended. This was Gary Lyon on the couch last night. It's been directed straight to the tribunal. Good decision, I think, because of the circumstances surrounding this. I think there's a duty of care for Eric in this instance and there's some arguable elements to it that may see him get off with perhaps a fine. But you've got to execute an even greater duty of care when the umpire's in the vicinity. And then Nick Rewalt? Uh, I, I say there's no way he can be suspended for this. Right. So you take no responsibility for the push? And the oh, no, you take responsibility there. for pushing your... So the, the burden of proof is on the AFL to prove that he deliberately pushed him into the umpire. And how, how can you prove that? I think, he, I think there'll be an arguable element to it where he could downgrade it. But I, I don't, when you go to the for tribunal... What? Well, you can argue against deliberate, right? So I, I think he knew what he was doing. I reckon he pushed him and the umpire's there and think, I'll get a break on him. Now, whether he's into the umpire or I can split the two of them, that's OK. When you do that, then you've got to take responsibility for your actions. Yeah. And then the penalty comes, right? I don't mind if it's a week because umpires, I think, need to be sacrosanct. Mm. And to argue that he didn't know the umpire was there, I think, is a bit of a stretch given what players are able to do in the modern era. You argue it down to reckless or careless, then he may end up with a... Decent I would suggest if, that if they feel that there's something in it, that it needs to be bigger than that. And if they and if they're proven that they they're happy nothing. to clear him, it's either nothing or, okay. or more. Yeah, because okay. I, I don't reckon there's any in between on this. I, I I think that he'll be cleared on that. So there we go, Gary Lyon, Nick Rebolt, and Nathan Buckley on the couch last night. One three hundred seven three six seven three six to have you say on that. Uh, just on the North Melbourne front, I asked the question before: Does putting in a lot of money entitle you to a bigger say and to have uh, influence at a club level to appointments such as a CEO or to the president, or do you do that in good faith? We often get upset when we find out that uh, lobby groups or, or, or industries who donate to political parties end up having uh, more of a say than we think that they should or holding influence just because of what they donated. Um, would we take? Do we take the same mindset into coterie groups who are such? They're an incredibly valuable part of what footy clubs do. They do tip in money and and they rally support and um, they they play a really important role within the footy club. But does putting that money in entitle you? to sending emails like that. I'd love to get your view on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Mark says, freedom of speech. He has the right to express what he thinks, regardless of if he has money or not. No argument with that at all, Mark. I'm just wondering the tone of it. Um, demanding that uh, that Ben Amafio stand down just because he's put in the money that he has um, and he's not happy with what he's seeing right now. That's, that's what I'm asking you. Does it give you any more of a say uh, than you as a standard member? Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Zach's in Eltham. G'day, Zach. G'day, mate. How you going? Yeah, good, thank you. Now, I'm not a North supporter, but I think, you know, obviously when they gutted their list, they brought in an untried coach. It's probably always destined to, to fail. Now, I really think they probably need to go down the roof path, get a coach that people can't question, can't say, are they doing a proper job? All right, we know he's doing the right thing. And just give him a few years because... At the end of the day, David Noble, he probably was never going to last 
with the situation it was putting. They were never going to get instant success. Do you know what I mean? Well, just on Paul Ruse, he was the consultant that suggested that they hire Dave Noble. Well, I suppose Paul Ruse can be wrong as well in, in, in regards to the, the hiring, but I think they need, you know, if um, Leon Cumbridge comes available, okay, he's not the best coach in the history of the AFL, but someone who can establish the side and create a foundation for a building block to, to maybe get that, that next coach in after that. But at the moment, it's, it's not just going to happen overnight for North Melbourne. No, of course not. Picks, but it's going to be it's going to be seven years before those priority picks for dominant AFL players. Maybe not seven, but you know what I mean? It's not just going to happen overnight. You bring in the next Alistair Clarkson and they're going to turn it around. They need someone who, who can handle that pressure, you know, like, like a Leon Cameron or a Hinkley or something like that. Yeah, Zach, it, 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 it's going to take a long time. And I'm just, and I ask that the question again, do, can we be certain that there's anybody else out there that would be getting more out of this group than what uh, Dave Noble currently is? And, and I don't think we can answer that question. I don't think there's a, a definite to that. What we do know is that Dave Noble's actually in his first stint as a coach too. He's been very, very successful and very highly regarded as a footy boss and a uh, football department manager. Um, what he and, and Chris Fagan and, and Greg Swan did up in Brizzy is, you know, you would think would be the blueprint for a lot of teams that are looking to go through rebuilds. Um, but there's a lot of work to do. Uh, Clive's in Cheltenham. G'day, Clive. Hi. Uh, just want to uh, talk about the uh, Ben and Mafio uh, situation. And, uh, just sure, Clive. What would you like choice. to say? Yeah, just the poor choice of CEO. That's all. So I'm not a North Melbourne supporter. I'm a Geelong supporter. Geelong has always been good on their CEOs, Brian Cook and now Steve Hocking. But Ben Amafio, you know, his performance at Cricket Australia and before, I, I, I just question where the people who recruited him, um, where they're coming from. That's all. So... Clive, thanks for your call. Really appreciate it. Uh, Danny's in St Kilda. G'day, Danny. Hi. Uh, so I'm, I'm an Eagle supporter, and uh, I just wanted to... Uh, there's been talk of, you know, uh, North trying to approach Adam Simpson. And uh, I actually like Adam Simpson. I don't want him to leave. But is there any kind of uh, any fire around that of him going back to North Melbourne? Um, oh, there's been reports that, that he may have been sounded out by North Melbourne about an interest of coming back to the club. I don't know in what capacity that would be, and I, I don't know um, whether or not that actually did happen. But, um, I mean, I, I trust that when journalists go with a story that, um, you know, more often than not that they tend to be right, and I don't think they'd go with it if uh, it wasn't the case. So, um, But he has expressed time and time again that he will he wants to see it out, that he's up for the rebuild at, at West Coast, that uh, he won't be breaking his contract. So, yeah, I can't see that happening, Danny, unless it was Adam Simpson himself that had a major change of mind. But for everything he's been saying, for everything West Coast, they're saying that they are still very much in lockstep uh, with him over there in the West. That's great. Thank you. No worries. Uh, Rowan's in Dandenong. G'day, Ro. G'day, mate. Hope you're well. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a North supporter, have been for some time. Um, the, the, the thing is with North, they've, they gutted the club as far as the list goes. Um, yes, we haven't won a flag in over 20 years. Uh, I'd like to see, and I hope to see, that if the players had a meeting, because if they sit down and have a meeting for a start, 
find out who wants to play for the jumper, who doesn't. Um, I'm a Noble fan. So, mm. for me, you can't have the tail wagging the dog. If someone's unhappy with Noble, go, leave. I don't care if you're Horn Lays, Horn Francis, or whatever your name is, or what you know priority pick you are, or how many games you play. If you don't want to play under Noble and he's upset you in some way and he's yelled at the at the at the crowd and you know, at the at the team and all right, he's learned from that. But that's football. If it's too hot in the kitchen, then don't play for the jumper. Go somewhere else where. You know, you want instant success and, and things like that. As far as the um, coterie member goes, um, good on him. He's vented his anger and it's out there now. So yeah. either stay with the club yeah. or just walk. You don't. No one's asking. No one's demanding that you put your money into the club. The club's got its debts paid off, and for people like the coterie member, you know, we are indebted to him in some way. And if he, he's, he's up. You know, I'm not happy with the current situation. Mm. I just want to see the mm. team get um, become competitive. And all this talk about, oh, let's go for Simo. And, you know, we tried to get Longmire as coach before we went for Noble. And I'll stick by the people who made the decision to appoint Noble. He hasn't been there for two full seasons. He's going through, you know, the second youngest list in the AFL. He's trying his best. There's Will Phillips that's injured. You know, Hall Lacey now, Hall and Francis is out for two weeks and comes back this week. Cunnington, the best player, he's he's got, got you know, he's getting over cancer, God bless yeah. him. So, I mean, there's all yeah. these hurdles. And, I mean, you know, I don't want to see Noble go. I mean, what's it going to do? What, what are they going to do next? Where are they going to get the next coach? Who's going to appoint the coach? You know, it, it's like, if you don't want to play for the jumper, just get out of there. If you're upset with Noble, you know, I think the players need to get together and find out who wants to stand by the club, who wants to stand by the coach, and who doesn't. And have an open and frank discussion and stop this bloody rubbish and, um, you know, and just get on with it. That's Rowan, really appreciate the call, mate, uh, and, and love the passion. Thanks so much for, for giving us both. Uh, 1-300-736-736. Anthony and Joe, stay right there. I'll get to you on the other side of this. This is the Macca's Run. Uh, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today with the special sauce and juicy beef. Make sure you grab that one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Welcome to the Macca's Run with Sam Hargraves. With special sauce and juicy beef, grab the one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Uh, make sure you do grab that one and only Big Mac at Macca's today. Nothing beats a, a Big Mac. Uh, Anthony and Glenroy, hello, mate. Here you go, mate. Here you go. Good, thanks. I just heard you make a, ridic- uh, heard you make a ridiculous statement before saying that you trust journalists over most other people. What are you smoking, man? Did I say I trust them over most other people? Or did, or did I just say yeah. that, by and large, I think when they go with a story that they tend to get it right? Yeah, well, that's probably what you said. That means you trust trusting over other people, mate. Um, no, 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 hang on, mate. No, no, well, I'll just, let me just explain. Just, if you want to have a go at me, have a go at me. Don't, don't paraphrase what I say. Don't tell me I'm saying I trust them over other people. I was asked a specific question about a story, and I said I've got no reason to think it's not true, and that if journos go with a story, I believe them because they tend to get it right more often than not. I didn't say I trust them more than other well, people. Oh, 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 oh. They don't get it right a lot at all. They, they get it wrong a lot, but no, no, no one pulls off when they're wrong, mate. No one pulls journals up when they're wrong. No, no one tells them they're wrong. I think they do, Anthony. I think we, Where? 
When? All the time. We, we have a text machine well, well, that, well, that well, blows up you, all the you've time. You've got people like Caroline Wilson. You've got people like Caroline Wilson who blatantly make stuff up. Well, that's right? not they true. They blatantly that, make that, stuff up. But that's not true either, though, Anthony. It, it is, mate. She blatantly sits there on TV, makes stuff up in her head, and then goes with the cause forever and ever. If that was the case, until, Anthony... Until she gets to a result. Anthony, if that was the case, she wouldn't have a job. No one can just sit in a job and make stuff up. That's just not how it works. But, but the case is for most journalists, why do journalists have jobs? Because no one reports the truth anymore. They report stuff that comes up in their head. And it's not just in football. It's across the whole board of journalism. The journalism has become a disgrace. All right. It, but they make stuff up in their head and they go with stories until they find something. And when they're wrong, no one ever tells them they're wrong. Ever. All right? No one pulls them up. You guys are worse of it. You just don't pull them up ever. Anthony, I've got it. I can't move this ad break. I'm not trying to cut you off. We'll be back after. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.